You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. The Off Day Podcast, looking ahead to Sunday's game against the Raiders. But I guess we'll start with, I guess, the news of the week for the Patriots and the potential of extending Cam Newton. Some people are pretty much all in on it, think they should do it now, while others sort of look at it differently and say, let's play things out. Cause that's typically how Bill Belichick does things. It doesn't do these types of deals in the season. Uh, what, what's your uh, thought on Cam Newton and when it comes to his contract? Well, let's be honest. It's not really news. It's Jermaine Wiggins on our morning show, trying to promote the idea nonstop asking Cam about it in his weekly appearance. And I mean, I, I don't think there's a shot in hell. The Patriots are considering it would no. do it like, so it's, it's not really news, but I actually think this is a WEEI created story between Jermaine, the Greg Hill show interview with him, asking people like Teddy Bruschi about it. Like we've sort of created this story, even though well, I mean, he, he was hurt. And Bomb have it a couple of weeks ago saying like the story will be a couple months into the season. A, a couple months into the season. Sure. We're a couple weeks into the season. A guy who missed two years to injuries has played two games and we're talking about handing him a hundred million dollars. 50 million guaranteed. Now I think legitimately it's going to be a talking point come November, late November, December. And I actually think there's a chance they do it. You know, I've, I I think there's a good chance in December you could see Patriots sign Cam Newton to a three year, 85, $90 million contract extension because they could use up some of the cap space this year, you know, give them a roster bonus that's paid immediately. So you can use some of that money and you know, I, I wrote weeks ago, I think Bill's smitten with him. I don't think this is any game. I think he loves him, some Cam Newton and what's going on. But it would be just flat out. If they signed him to a massive deal right now, it'd be borderline as dumb as the contract they gave Antonio Brown this time a year ago. Yes. Right? He's played two games. Like, he's got he's to show more. He's got to prove that he's healthy. Like, you, you can't. You can't give a guy, uh, you know, a massive contract for having a great summer and two games. Especially when you don't have to when you have the franchise tag. Right. Like, you could just, okay, I'll pay him a one-year deal at whatever the franchise tag ends up being on the, the lowered salary cap next year. And 
go from there. That's probably not ideal because we know no. people get cranky and whatever. If you want a long-term relationship, I don't know that that's the way to do it, but why not? Like what this would be, I, I likened it to remember when Charlie Weiss got his contract extension immediately at Notre Dame, like a 10 year extension. It'd be yeah. as bad as that. Like, Oh, so he's been good. They're, they're still paying him probably. Yeah. Yeah. They just finished paying him and the guy sucked as a coach. Cam Newton could suck in three weeks. He could have, he could be limping around the field, throwing interceptions, like look worn down. Even John Gruden was like, I mean, the guy's crazy. He runs powers and with his, you know, runs people over with his right shoulder and then he's throwing on the next play. Yes, and it's worked so far, but so far is two weeks. Are you I – don't, I don't want to turn this to be negative. But, Jesus. Uh, do, do you think we're making too much of, like, Cam? Um, no. I mean, I think he's been the centerpiece of the offense for – what we said he had to do. you be, think he's like, like a, I don't know, a top five, top ten quarterback in the NFL right now? Uh, nope. But uh, – but don't you think like the, the way that he's been getting talked about and treated around here is that people are acting like he's like in that next tier below Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? Well, I mean, maybe he is in that next tier, but like Josh Allen, do you think he's a top five quarterback? Cause he has been right through two weeks. Josh Allen's been a top five quarterback, Yep. but that doesn't mean he's a top five quarterback, right? right? There's like the consistency and the expectation over time. Well, you did it out. Um, yes, you did the numbers yesterday. He's Newton's like tenth, tenth through fifteenth in most of the categories. Right, which is fine. Which is, you know, he proved he could do it two different ways in two different weeks. He's given you hope that he can turn his weapons into an okay group of production with Harry and Demir Bird and what they did in Seattle. Yep. But again, like two weeks. How many? He's got one more good week than Jonas Gray had. Jonas right. Gray was on Sports Illustrated's cover because he was the greatest running back in the world. Give him a $100 million extension. He's, he's a 200-yard rusher. Well, no, that happens all the time. So the difference is the way he's playing has people thinking he's back to his MVP self, which is he played this way. He ran. He threw. He made people better. He carried his team. That might be. That might be what he is. But any of these, like, extrapolations based on two weeks are just – crazy like i just thought against the seahawks he missed some throws like he like those quick those drops where he had to read the defense and sort of throw to the outside i i just think that it wasn't there like he, he almost he got picked once he should have got picked twice yep. like i just think that i don't know i'm not saying he was bad he's a bad passer i just think that he's not like the oh he's back like he's a great thrower like he still has room to grow yes you know the other thing that's really annoying me and is getting overblown is this whole you, know, so you think people are making a big deal about his throwing mechanics? First of all, there's going to be some choppy editing in this podcast because my internet blows. So we've frozen three times here while doing this Zoom. Uh, both of my kids are on Zooms for school, and apparently I've been talking to people. I live in an area with shitty internet, and there's nothing I can do about it. There's no freaking fiber optics. So if there's any blips and jumps or anything in this podcast, that's the reason. Yes, Cam Newton's mechanics, I think, are a little choppy, a little like this podcast. Um, our guy, Mike Giardi, Took and ran with a, a Jed Fish comment in a direction. Yeah, he's been asking everybody about everybody. It. And he, to me, I was on the conference call with him when he talked to Jed Fish. I heard the quote and I took it in a completely different direction. Jed Fish said, We've worked with Cam's head and his feet. And he basically said, I'm paraphrasing here, at this age, 
the throwing mechanics, which is between the head and the feet, you, you can't change. They are who they are. You know, Philip Rivers throws the way Philip Rivers throws. Cam Newton throws the way he throws. But you can work with footwork and you can get their head, you know, what they're seeing, what they're thinking. Right. He didn't say marrying the feet and the head, which is the direction that Giardi's taken it. Um, but everybody is going, oh, I see all these tweets. Cam Newton has worked really hard on his footwork and it's really paying off. I don't know. I've seen okay footwork. Other times I've seen him stepping in the bucket and, and like throwing. And that might have happened. I actually didn't go back and watch it on the interception because it was a throw to his left. If yep. he fell into the bucket, it takes away a little bit of accuracy, a little bit of velocity. That could have played a role there. But I just think this – it happens all the time. One of these narratives takes off that, oh, his footwork is so good and he's worked so hard. I don't know. I'm sure he's worked hard. Don't get me wrong. And then Bill sort of perpetuated it by talking about him yeah. working on some of his mechanics but my guess is brian hoyer works on his mechanics my guess is jared stidham's working on his mechanics like isn't that what professional athletes do they work on the tiger woods redid his swing like three times right. when he was the greatest golfer on the planet happens at every yeah do, do you think edelman's like working on his footwork on his routes of course he is like what are we doing here so he's been good i you know why i think he's been good because he's healthy and he's cam newton like he's right. run he's a big guy who's run well and thrown well like I just think sometimes we we want these stories to be stories, so we make them stories, even though like they're the not. The other stories. thing, that, the one that bugged me too, is like, would uh, Tom Brady have led the team down the field to, to set them up for a game-winning score? Like, um, I don't know, maybe, probably. He did it like a thousand times in his career. I know. Like, now, I do think the the other aspect of that is fair. The Is, is Cam Newton better for this t- by the way, did I make fun of Christian Fourier when he said that? Because I don't remember. And he was like, I was included in something like, Christian wants an apology. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that was a little bit overblown. I think that uh, a lot of media members had that same take. Would you, correct, would you agree with me? We lost Andy again. Hopefully he comes back. Anyway, WES Christian Fourier had a, a rant yesterday where he felt that he was disrespected by the media um, for not giving him credit that the Patriots could be better without without Tom Brady and Cam Newton. And Andy got lumped into it, um, which he said that he didn't. Andy said that he wasn't part of it. But so, so you want to uh, debunk that that you weren't part of that? Well, see. The problem with me is, and you know this, I have a terrible memory, so I don't want to go all in that I wasn't part. I actually think I agreed with it I thought Fitzy said it I think I did a show with Fitzy when he said it and I said my take was that Cam Newton is better for this team that doesn't mean you're going to be good like because of the lack of weapons because of the lack of a pure we're going to be able to drop back and throw the ball because of our weapons attack Cam Newton's better but you could still be a bad offense just like you could be a bad offense with Tom Brady so I through two weeks, they're a pretty good offense. They've shown two different ways to, you know, they are undefeated, 2-0. They had a great loss in Seattle. They're going to go undefeated this season because of it. Um, they've had two good offensive performances. I don't know what that means moving forward. It's sort of like our Cam discussion. We'll see. Well, one, of, one of the things with Cam that I want to bring up quick is that the Seattle secondary could stink. Could? So far, they do. Right. They've given up like 900 yards through the air. Right. And they lost – Digs because of that stupid penalty, stupid ejection. Yep. They lost the other guy to injury, and they're already not very good. Right. So that's kind of my like. Let's not make a huge deal about Cam Thurman for three ninety seven. Like we could be talking a, a month from now that the Seattle secondary is one of the worst in the league. Just a side note: Are you going to be able to edit this together? Yes, I am. 
Okay. This could be the most interesting off-day podcast ever. So, all right, so let's get to the game then this week. They got the Raiders. Before uh, I lose my internet again. Um, I think you were on something earlier in the week in uh, our uh, post-game podcast that you said this could be a letdown game. Yep. I'm kind of with you. And yeah, the, even more so after the Raiders win uh, against the Saints. Oh, so more so, because some people think – This is the other way around? Less so, but I also – to me – the nuts and bolts. So, cause we're talking about the trap game, the Parcellian, which yep. is a effort energy type thing, focus type thing. But then just when you get to the matchup, the injuries on the Raiders line is a benefit to the Patriots. Oh, no question. Huge benefit. Um, but I still think there could be now you, you can win and have a letdown. Like you could, they could play like the, the Celtics last night yep. were awful early. They could have won the game. Right. Like the Celtics could not have been more sluggish, could not have made more mistakes, shot more poorly. They were awful and they could have won. Like, so the Patriots could do that. They could come out of this, you know, let down week, blah, 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 suck, whatever, punch six times to open the game. But if the Raiders punt seven times to open the game, you still win the game. It doesn't, right. You just have to win the game. Um, and that's where I get into the matchup that, I mean, if you look at the numbers, I didn't even realize is as ridiculous as it is that Josh Jacobs is on pace to run the ball 417 times, I believe, this year. He's um, upwards of like 460 touches. He has 50-something carries and seven catches in two games. Like, talk about not sustainable. The guy is going to die if they continue to do that. Um, Now, he hasn't been great in terms of – he's in Zoni Michelle land. He's in like three-point whatever yards per carry, but – you know, it's been good enough for them to win. It's c- clearly the key to their offense. Like, he, they want to run the ball. They, I saw – I didn't know this. Like, they've invested more money than anybody in the offensive line. Yep. Um, that's how they want to play. And to me, that's a good way to play against the Patriots because sure I think the front seven stinks. Yep. Um, no, I think this will be, a, a, be a, a good test for the front seven. But it's also a test for the Raiders. If you're without Richie Incognito, he goes on IR. Trent Brown didn't play last week. We'll see. Yeah, he if, didn't practice yesterday with calf injury. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that. The question is, is he hurt or is he fat and happy, fat, rich, and happy, and he's only going to play when he's perfect, you know? Right. Um, But that'll be interesting to see. Them coming off a short week, when, you know, was that just precautionary or is he probably not going to play that kind of thing? Um, But that's – if they can play that way, if they can – if Trent Brown plays and they run the ball 25 times, which they've done each of the first two games with – Josh Jacobs, I think they have a good chance to control the game, to win the game. Um, you know, Carr has played well for them. I was going to say, if they do that, that sets up Carr for success because you're not asking him to throw the ball 50 times. Right, and they're not – his numbers, he's thrown for, like, low yards. Like, he's in cam land, like 500 yards passing through two right. games. Nothing fancy. They dink and dunk. It's, you know, John Gruden is more than happy to throw the ball short. But putting Carr in, you know, third and short where he can do that. Right, and they haven't – clicked yet but you have a guy like rugs who can yep. catch it short and turn it into a play and just reading some tweets from from raiders beat reporters he was open more he only had one catch for four yards but he was open that mm-hmm. that chemistry and him and Carr and seeing yeah. him isn't there yet but the raiders you kind of know what they're going to be you're going to get waller catching somewhere between eight and 12 passes you're going to get josh jacobs running the ball 25 times you're going to get a couple dink and dunk throws to other receivers hunter renfro rugs and tyro williams i think they have too yeah it, it, it's not like there's not a lot of like 
trickery to it, it feels like. They, they want to play the way they want to play under Gruden. Now, maybe that'll change because, um, you know, it's the Patriots, I would say, are the exact opposite. They've played two different games, two different ways. Right. We'll see what the third does. Does the third average out the two? Does well, the I third think it is going to average out because I don't think you can do both against the Raiders. Like, the, the Raiders are quick. They're a speedy team. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, like, I don't think you, one matches up. Like, you can't just throw the ball against a team that's speed or you can't run the ball. So I think it's going to be a combination of both. So, you know, maybe the argument is in this evolution that we're talking about of Cam and the offense, the first week you knew you could run, you ran. The second week you knew you could pass and you passed. Now can you, in the midst of a game and within the midst of a series, take what the defense gives you. Oh, they're in this, we're going to do this. Oh, they're in this, we're going to do this and not have it overly, you know, swing in one direction or the other. Yeah, sort of take it as it comes. And now that's something that I found interesting in Jed Fish, a comment that I don't think has the talk of in week one, they asked him, he did everything they asked him to do, but he kind of inferred they didn't ask him to do much, basically, like not a lot of checks at the line, not a lot of creativity. And he said, we need to, you know, put more tools in his toolbox as we evolve. This is a game where I think you might need that a little bit more. What are the Raiders in? What are they doing? What's the play here? Do we need to get out of this play that Josh called and get into something else? You know, sort of a more traditional quarterback you know, where you really have to make those decisions. That's where I think his head, they're looking to improve his head, and it had nothing to do with marrying it with his damn feet. It's the offense and what he's supposed to do. Um, but I, I'm intrigued by this game because this is – these are the teams that will decide the season. If you're right. a good team, you win. These types of games, yes. If you're a middling team – if you're a good team, you win most of these games. Yep. Raiders, Broncos, those types of games. If you're a middling team, you probably split with all those teams. Right. And if you're a bad team, then you start to lose more of those than you win. So this is probably the difference between going, say, I don't know, nine and seven, ten and six, or eight and eight, seven and nine. Yes. If they're two and one after this week, I'll be leaning towards they're a little bit over 500 type team. Yeah. I think that's, that's an accurate assessment. And now it's a tough spot for the Raiders. A, the Raiders always have issues coming east. Yeah. Um, coming east after a little shorter a now. They're coming from Vegas, though. That is true. It's a little shorter flight. Um, and, you know, they, but they have a shorter week coming off the Monday night game. So we'll see where that goes. They're not a great team. They're not, I mean, no. I mean, there's more 2-0 and teams than, did I see ever or in like yeah. 20 years or some statistics. So, yeah, the Bills are 2-0. and The Raiders are 2-0. and That doesn't mean they're great football teams that are going to win 14 games at the end of the year. Uh, I wrote about it today. Uh, this could be Sony Michelle's last game as Patriots lead running back. Hopefully last game was his last game as Patriots be <laughs> running back. And you noted this as before anyone I saw, like he had his five carries in the first quarter and then two after that. Um, it is what it is. Like, I, I just, I don't understand why I know that right now, like the one thing you glossed over, which I, I think you did as a good columnist often does anything that's counter to your point, you kind of gloss over. You said like, you know, Rex Burkhead deserves more touches or JJ Taylor. Well, they both sucked against Seattle. So <laughs> I noticed how you glossed over that. Um, well, to be fair, JJ Taylor got one carry. Yeah, and it sucked. <laughs> it was negative one yards. Yes. Um, so I, the, the Damian Harris after this week, he can come well, back. We don't, we don't know for sure he's coming back next week. We're just assuming. No, 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 he can come back. I don't think he is coming back next week. I actually think it's going to be a couple more weeks. But he, when he's available, that's what changes the dynamic. Because Rex Burkhead is what he – like, if you elevate Rex Burkhead 
to like the lead back, that's fine and dandy. And I know the first obvious question is, oh, can he stay healthy? Can he stay in that role? But also you then lose Rex Burkhead off the bench as like the guy coming in because you, Sony isn't that like you, right. If Sony's not your lead back, he has no value. Right. Like he he doesn't play special teams like Brandon Bolden. Can't can't catch the ball out of the backfield. Can't catch the ball. So like, I mean, I guess he's your short yardage back and punches it in from the one, but Cam's your short yardage back now. So I don't. Right. So that's where I've sort of, I think Bill and Ivan, we've talked about this, like him more than they should, but also. But it's year three now. Uh, yes. And he, he is who he is. I'm sorry. He's not going to suddenly become the line's good. You can't blame the line. You can't blame. He's supposed to be healthy. It's been a long time since the surgery. Ivan said he's lost his fatness. Like what's the excuse? It's okay sometimes to just say, He's not that good. Well, I, that's why I wrote basically. Like they've always their their motto is you do what's best for the team. Is it best for the team to have Sony Michelle be your lead back right now? No. Well, see, that's where the gray area is until Damian Harris comes back. Like, but I, so what? You you just keep giving Sony these carries, even though like no, I'd prefer not. But right, I don't have any other options. I don't have any other options, and I don't want to necessarily because Rex Burkhead had. 50-something snaps last week because of James White being inactive. So right. he lost he James White. He played two roles last week. Right. It's not sustainable given his career. That's just no. not sustainable. Now, James White, I would assume, will be back this week. He was not at practice because of the family situation. but Yeah, no one said for sure, but I, I don't want to put – I don't, I don't want to speculate. I, no, I don't want to speculate, but it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he played. Yes, yes. Um, and if he doesn't, then you certainly can't remove Sony Michelle from the rotation, the role, whatever. You just don't have enough bodies right now. Um, so I, the, when Damian Harris returns is when this really comes to a head. And then if Sony isn't removed, then I, then I don't know what to say. I, Are you really, you really don't think Harris is going to come back next week? Uh, I'm dubious. I'm definitely dubious. And even if he does come back, is he back ready to be a rotational guy? Like, I don't know. He's, he, he has a pinky. He can still run. He can still stay in condition. Yes, I know. Like, he should—he can still do everything that he would normally do, besides maybe like bench. Uh, okay, I get your anger. Jeez, <laughs> I, I, I think I think next week Damon Harris comes back, and I think he should play over Tony Michelle. Uh, I'm all for him playing. I, the only thing is, uh, let's just say that all of them are back. I don't think you can have all the active, all the running backs. Probably not. And, and I, don't think, I don't think that they would get to the point where they'd make Sonny Michelle inactive. Well, the obvious odd man out is J.J. Taylor, but he's right. been returning kicks. I mean, I guess you could put Kyle Duggar back there. Do you, do you think they'd ever make Sonny Michelle inactive in a game? Um, at some point, yes, I do. This but year? I, yes. Oh, yeah. I think that could happen this year. I don't think it'll happen this month necessarily, but I do think it could happen this year, and that's the sort of closing of the door probably unless injuries – change something that would be the closing of the door right like I just it's he's not helping the team he's just he's just not no and I said to you the the thing that really stuck out to me not that he had three yards to carry whatever that's I'm used to that that's his career um when he yelled at Illuminor was like I'm sorry that right there is a benchable offense you suck don't ever yell at me like I would have punched him in the face if I was Illuminor I think and and I know Illuminor hasn't played a ton like well but He's kind of – Illuminor has been uh, – like Mike on Wendu seems to be sort of 
itching to take over that starting right tackle spot. Oh, it certainly looks like he's going to be that guy at some point, whether it's week three, week four, moving forward. Um, yeah, Illuminor is no, no great shakes, but I just think Sony, the, the audacity to, to just yell at somebody when you haven't, you haven't helped the O-line once. Even Ivan Fierce said on the record, I thought he had a good game in week one. Well, you know, he did miss that opportunity for a big play because he tripped in the backfield. Like, the line should be yelling at him. Like, that makes a whole O-line look totally different, right? If you yeah. have a 50-yard run, and I saw Doug Kide had a stat, like, Patriots haven't had a 50-yard run since 2010. Yep. That's, I mean, I knew it was bad, but that's well, like, I think I was looking at the beginning of the season. I think Sony's longest run of his career is like 29 yards. Yeah. He stinks. It is what it is. Like we, now we're just bullying. Now we're just piling on. But the problem is though, there are fans out there that are still defending the guy. Who? The homers. There can't be. There are. Well, then they're the, they're the types that are going to start ripping him the second he gets benched or the second he gets cut. Oh, he sucked anyway. The guy lived off the line that rookie year for the Super Bowl, and that's about it, blah, 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 blah. No, was there people defending him being a first-round pick? Well, I defended him being a first-round pick at the time. I thought oh, it was I'm talking about, like, last year and the beginning of this year. Oh, no. I really closed the door on that when I saw Nick Chubb in person last year, and I was like, holy crap, you could have had that guy? He – in the call, I did it out. Chubb has played, I think – Four less games than Sony Michelle, but has like 700 more yards. And more importantly, Chubb has played one game at Gillette Stadium, and it's better than any game Sony's ever played at Gillette Stadium. And I know he fumbled at the end of it. I know what happened, but he was more explosive. He can run. Well, the other thing, too, is I, Michelle has had 14 double-digit carry games in the last year and two games, and he has not a single 100-yard game. This is all different ways to say the same thing. He sticks. He does. He's just a, and I've actually kind of even lost the, for a while it was like, oh, if he were, you know, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, or if he were a fourth round pick, he'd be fine. He's just not good. I'm not even sure he'd be fine as that anymore. You can't go that long and just, it's always three yards a carry, three yards a carry. Right. Like those other guys were over four yards a carry. They rushed for a thousand yards. They did good things. They didn't fumble. Like they had some positives right now. What's the positive for Nikhil Harry? I mean, uh, Sony Michelle, whoops. Little Freudian slip there. Um, what's the positive for Sony Michelle? He gets what the line gives him. Yeah, that's it. Okay, can we get into um, Nikhil Harry since I brought it up? Sort sure. Of. Um, how, like, where are you on your Nikhil Harry uh, feel-good meter? Higher than last year, but not, like, super high. I, I, right. Like, I said this this year. You remember my prediction that he would catch at least 50 passes? Yeah. And then I said, but that doesn't mean I'm going to feel better about him. Like, right. I still feel that. He caught, he's caught 13 passes, which is yeah. great. More than, he's caught, eight, more than he caught last year. Yes. His 8.5 yard average for a big outside receiver is, uh, I, I put it, what was it? What, did you read my, was he 183rd in the NFL, 185th in average, was, something like that? Yeah. In the 180s. Okay, so let's do the math. <laughs> There's 32 teams. To be in the 180s, you're lower than like six people per team. And I know it's early and like one play can right. sway, but you're an outside receiver. Like you got 13 catches. Well, he's also like a big body. Like his job is to break tackles. Right. And, you know, if he hadn't gone down when the DB hit him in week one, or if he hadn't tripped when the right. guy just stuck his arm out in week two, his average would be significantly higher. But that's my point. He should have these plays. His average 
he's down in like running back land. Like that's yeah. what a running back averages, eight yards a catch. That's what James White gets on his swing passes or, right. you know, even the slot guys, even they're usually 10, 10 and a half. Yeah, even Edelman over the years was, in a, was at 11. Right. So I just, I feel better and I'm continuing to, I guess my point would be, we're talking about a lot of first round picks. Sony Michelle, we've decided is nothing. Um, Isaiah Wynn is in the Nikhil Harry boat in that his next start, I wrote it yesterday, I think it's like his 12th in the NFL. He looks like he can play. Like, yep. I, I feel good about what I see from him. Bill Belichick was praiseful of him yesterday. Nikhil Harry, I guess I would put in the middle of the two. Like, I don't, I, I'm not as down on him as I am Sony Michelle just yet. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I haven't seen as much to say, yeah, he's going to be a good player as I have from Isaiah Wynn. And I still have my concerns that he's like a, Oh, Andy's audio broke up again, but he's talking about Nikhil Harry. I guess I'll give my take on Nikhil Harry. I think he's trending in the right direction. I think that him and Cam Newton have a good working relationship. I think that having Newton as his quarterback is better than having Tom Brady as his quarterback, just because Newton's willing to put in the time and seems to be treating him like a younger brother. Um, I just don't know what the ceiling is for him, because like we talked about, he has all these catches, but he's not producing like a, a first-round wide receiver would. With all, of, with all the yards after the catch. Could that come later on in the season? Sure. I just, I just, I don't, just know. don't know. I just don't I just know don't what, know we're, what we're getting, what we're going to get from, from Harry down the road. Do you, think, do you think Harry will be able to put it all together at some point this year? Nope. Can you hear me? Yes, keep going. Yeah, no. Um, I think he's a, a four rece- three or four receiver. I just, I just don't you, see You don't the- think he's going to continue to get better and better? Not he, he should. I mean, with experience, that's where I've talked about the last. I'm trying to be calm and let it play out and realize he hasn't played a full season yet, and he's a young player and confidence. And while he didn't have the off season even this year that he should have had this year to learn right. the offense and improve and build a rapport. So yeah, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but just physically, I don't. I don't see enough of what I want to see on the field to say, yeah, he's going to be. Would you agree with me that he's better with Newton than he was with Brady? That Newton's better for him than Brady was? Probably, but he probably would have been better with Brady this year than he was last year. That's true. I just think that he, I think he, he's not going to say it, but he likes working with Newton more than he likes working with Brady. Well, I, no one's going to say it, but I think, 53 Patriots, 12 coaches, and 10 practice squatters like working with Newton more than they liked working with Brady last year. Edelman? Yes. I think even Edelman's probably – I think Edelman has eyeballs and knows that his best buddy was kind of a douche last year. Right? Now, Edelman probably um, accepts it or understands it or rationalizes it more than others might. Like, Nikhil Harry's probably like, listen, I don't write contracts – I didn't draft me. I didn't give me to you. Your, your issues are with other people. Like, he probably can't understand right. what was going on last year. Edelman probably can understand it. Right. But I think everybody feels different this year. We've talked about this. Tom Brady was above the team. Cam Newton is part of the team. Yep. Like, there's a difference there. Do I, David Andrews, I think, liked Tom Brady a lot. Yep. I think he's probably having more fun right now with, with Cam Newton. Enjoying okay. Cam Newton. Right? Yep. So – that's and and that's not really meant to be a shot at Brady. It's just kind of no. how it is. 
it was, it's an observation of the situation, the way it played out, like years here, business, respect, relationships. There were so many things intertwined last year with Brady. And it's just not like there's the flip is probably true in Carolina. There's probably a lot of people that like Teddy Bridgewater more than they liked Cam Newton. Right. Maybe Cam Newton was the diva and he was the guy above the team. And it just, things change. Like the right. circumstances changed and, and that's okay. I don't, it's not meant to be a shot, but bigger question. I still have plenty of doubts about Nikhil Harry. See, I think that was interesting. Those three first round picks. I've now decided Sony Michelle can't play. Isaiah Wynn can play. And somewhere in the middle is Harry. Nikhil Harry. All right, before this podcast completely like connection dips off, get to our predictions. And granted, this it's Thursday, so things could change before the game with injuries and all that. Um, what, how do you see this, this game playing out? Yeah, why are we doing this on Thursday? We had a strong vote for Friday last week. You just ignored that vote and said, do it Thursday. Well, you had some uh, things come up that you're not on the radio today. So, Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm available. I figured, why not do things it Thursday? come up? What, are we hiding these things? I had a COVID test. Okay. Why am I going to hide it? I, just, I didn't know if you wanted to share it. You did. No, nah, I don't care. I don't have the results yet, so Lord only knows. <laughs> no, yeah. just to be clear, I had a uh, slight cough for a couple days, and being the responsible adult that I am, I went to the CVS drive through and jammed a swab up my nose, both nostrils, and waiting to see my results just to make sure I'm not a, uh, a spreader, spreading it throughout the world. Yes. All so, right, yeah. get, get your pick. Uh, my pick is, this is interesting. You would have thought I would have thought about this before we had done this, but I'm thoroughly unprepared. I've looked at the Raiders. I've looked at the Patriots. Um, well, talk it through. Do you think it's going to be a high-scoring game? No. I think it's going to um, – I'm going to make the comparison once again. That ugly crap bomb of a basketball game I watched last night, I think this could be an ugly crap bomb of a football game. Um, I think there could be a letdown for the Patriots. I think there could be a letdown for, for both Patriots. teams, really. Yeah. No, I, I, I think there'll probably be mistakes – wouldn't stun me if we have like seven or eight punts to open the game or, or something like that back and forth. And you're like, boy, this game blows. Um, I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm going to give the Patriots the, the double advantage of home field and a home field that's far away from where the Raiders are coming from. Okay. Patriots are favored by six. Yeah, that's – I mean, I, it seems a little much to me if you just compare the teams, but again, maybe they're giving the spot some consideration there. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick, I would say 17, 13. Oh, that, lo- that low, huh? Yeah. I think this could be ugly. If, if there's no big plays, you know, that would be my, my, you know, if rugs has a big play or if the secondary Patriots secondary coming off a game in which they were giving up big plays. Could make um, some big, could have a pick six or whatever. Yeah. If there's no big plays, I think it could be 17-13 or 20-14, to 14, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same range. Like, I think 24-17. Like, a one-score game, probably ugly to start. Could pick up a little bit in the second half, but I don't think it's going to be a – like a. it's probably going to be the worst played game of the three so far this year. I would agree. I'm going to give some credit to, benefit to um, – I'm not a big Gruden guy as a coach. I'm not – I mean, he entertains me. Yeah, I like watching the stuff and hearing him talk and all that. But if you made me pick a coach for a matchup, I'm taking Bill Belichick, even though I think his defense is questionable. I do think those injuries bear watching. Incognito's out. Trent Brown, if he's out. Now you're talking about your line being – You're losing two offensive linemen. Your two best offensive linemen. Right. That's 
not, that's huge. That's not good for any NFL team. Um, although I still have tremendous doubts about the Patriots defensive front. Um, yes. We didn't even really get into Juwan Bentley too much. I, I just, I don't know what they can do. If they're just going to go with all, you know, Kyle Duggar's the next big thing and Adrian, Adrian Phillips, Phillips the next big thing. And Yeah, but that's the I problem that kind of got exposed last week. You can't have those, you can't have Adrian Phillips trying to tackle an NFL running back. Uh, yeah, I think Josh Jacobs could take advantage of that if you go small, just like his, you know, um, counterpart, Sony Michelle did. The Patriots are now what the Patriots faced in the 2000, what is that, 18 postseason. When they're an undermanned Chargers team that has all these defensive backs on the field, I think they could get exposed in that way. But it also won't surprise me if this game with Waller, you know, this Joan Williams matchup thing. So if Joan Williams is on the field to deal with Waller, you could also you could have three safeties there at that level. Then Devin McCourty as the deep safety. You got four safeties on the field, a couple corners. You're in dime, dime plus all day long. And right. I think Josh Jacobs, who's already running the ball 25 times a game, will run the ball 25 times. And we'll see if Jawan Bentley, who somehow played all 63 plays and had one tackle last week, if if the front – I mean, if they didn't have Lawrence Guy right now up front, like, I don't know what they would be. Like, to me, it's Lawrence Guy and then question, question, question all around him on that front. Um, but, yeah, I'll take the Patriots just because I like Belichick over Gruden. I like the home team spot over the long road team spot. And I'll say 17 to 13. All right, uh, what are we doing on our post-game podcasts? Post-game podcast Sunday night, right? We could do it Sunday night, yeah. Okay, you don't want to. We can do it. Oh, we could. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how things play out. We should do it Sunday night because we know my kids won't be on Zoom classes. And my go. internet will be able to hold up better probably. There you go. There you go. And all the kids that live around here won't be on Zoom. So Sunday night will be better uh, internet. So we should do that. And I am uh, very interested to see how you pull this together. I was going to say, I got to go get editing stud editor all right well uh, we'll talk to you after the game all right peace out